0: Welcome to this Shifting Moment. This is a podcast in which we're seeking a profound shift in the way that we react to things. We do that through weekly discussions and twice weekly readings and responses from some of the great thinkers and spiritual writers.
1: And my name is Richard, and I'm a spiritual coach and a mindfulness teacher with over 20 years of experience in treatment and private practice.
0: And my name is Josh, and I'm an ordained pastor and a writer with a history of directing spiritual communities.
1: We want you to be a part of everything that we do. We look forward to hearing your thoughts and suggestions. Please contact us at 424-341-3860 and follow us on This Shifting Moment on Instagram and Facebook. I don't know that I really gravitate to anger a whole lot now in my life but there was a big period in my life where it fueled almost everything for me uh just a lot of anger at myself a lot of anger at my situation uh anger at other people um a lot of pointing the finger and blaming and um I don't know that there's always a one-size-fits-all solution to that um I know one of the things that happened for me uh, when I first started getting sober um, and my mentor that uh, I went to a lot for some of those situations and um, uh, one of the directions that he gave me and I I did not want to hear it at all and he would come to me and I would tell him, it's like, oh, they did this and this. And I'm just like, I can't believe they did that to me and blah, 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 blah. It really made me upset and blah. And, um, he said, so Richard, how did you react? What did you do? And I said, I gave him a piece of my mind and I did this and I told them that. And I told them to go fuck them. So uh, just everything. And he said, wow, is that, the kind of human being that you're working at being? And I go, no, not really. And I said, then you need to go. He said, then you need to go clean it up. You need to go clean up your part. And I go, yeah, but they did this. That they, they were the ones that were really wrong. They were yelling at me and they said all this stuff. It was really unkind. I didn't really do that much. And I said, it doesn't really make any difference of who had the bigger part in it. Um, he, he said, is if you did something that is not who you're working at being, then you have to go clean up that part of it. What they do is not your business. What you do is your business. And so for me, I think a lot of anger is about, um, you know, when I get angry, what am I doing with my anger? What am I doing with my anger? If I'm, if I'm getting mad at somebody else, because, um, they've done something to hurt me or they've criticized me or unjustly judged me for whatever, whatever. I mean, it's like I can have the anger and I, and I, I I'm a firm believer that it's important to be able to express our anger uh, because if we don't express that anger, we stuff it down inside and, and it festers and it beca- it can become a lot larger than it needs to. And so I think each one of us needs to figure out how, we're going to handle that anger and what form of expression it can take. It can uh, sometimes, you know, calling a loved one and venting (laughs) and sometimes calling a mentor or a speech, a a teacher or whatever. Sometimes, you know, sometimes I've had many times where I've had to grab a piece of paper and I get really angry at the paper, you know, and just like tell, just say everything that I need to say. I just get it out. I, for me, you know a lot of times you'll hear people punching a pillow or yelling and screaming for me that that never really worked because it felt yeah. um it felt hostile you know it felt almost yeah, like I was engaging it's, in in violence
0: right Right. Cause if you're putting that somewhere, you know the chances of you actually acting out in a real way <laughs> become become bigger i I think the biggest thing is for me anger is um. I forget who said this. I think it was like a psychologist I was listening to or someone. Um, I didn't come up with that, so I'm not taking credit, but it, it, it's a good, it's a good signal and a terrible strategy mm-hmm. is what they said. Mm-hmm. Anger is a good signal and a terrible strategy. Meaning like when you're initially angry, that's something to pay attention to. And it's actually a marker. Like it's a good feeling. If you're angry, something is wrong. Something in you is saying, I'm not, where I'm supposed to be, something injustice happened, something, you know, it could be any number of things, but it's alerting you to go, hey, something isn't right. Something's not right inside of me now. And that's the signal, right? So we're supposed to pay attention to that signal, but it's not a strategy. So I think the strategy goes into like, okay, well now this is going to be the pattern that I live my whole life by. And I I've done that. My my life is incredibly angry. It's only in the last like year or two that I've realized that most of my um my life and my even my faith was was a reaction against something so it was like I was always pointing at something that I was angry at and doing the opposite of and in that way I was kind of like you know like I had this contrarian sort of way of living and that only works for so long like that won't take you (laughs) just just resistance and dissonance and anger against something as a reaction may take you to like the protest but once you're at the protest if you're still angry at the protest like you're gonna have a violent riot right like the the idea is anger (laughs) could plan the protest and the protest is this peaceful beautiful thing (laughs) because anger took you there and now the strategy becomes how do we, how do we move this from not like anger or sitting down? So not like fight or flight, but, but somehow like a third, a third way, like a different way in there. Um, and I think that's exactly what you were saying about, like, it's how we react to it. Right. Right. A, right. Yeah. I mean, yeah.
1: I, yeah, I think, you know, a lot of times if we really get down to the nitty gritty of it, it's, it's because there's some kind of hurt inside, you know, that, um, that, that we hurt on some level. I think there's, there's a basic fear that we might be hurt more, you know, the, and, you know, my mentor always told me that the anger is a manifestation of some kind of fear. It's fear of losing control, fear of not being in control, fear that things are not going to go the way that I want them to go, fear that I'm not going to feel what I want to feel or get what I feel I need to get. Um it's ult I think it's ultimately is about that and it's it's that control thing is um and I to me I always have to remember that I'm responsible for my feelings.
0: Which is such a bummer to tell nobody likes to hear that nobody
1: likes to hear that, (laughs) but it's the truth. It's my feeling. My anger is my feeling. People outside of me are just doing what they do. Whether I get angry about it or not is really kinda up to me. I'm the I'm the one that adds the anger.
0: Right. That's a really important distinction to make is that, yes, we're responsible for our feelings, which which when I first heard that I was there was a certain amount of anger that rose up in me. I think oh, a therapist was most the that people that do. To Pe- people like, like
1: recoil <laughs> at that. It's like, what?
0: Right. I'm a victim here. Yeah, right? but, like, this and is, then they start pointing happened. the finger
1: and it's like, look what they just did to me. Look what they just did to me. And I yeah. go, no, they're just doing what they do. Yeah, this is what they do. These are unwell people that are that are kind of saying mean things about you these are like unwell people my reacting to it is really my choice i can react or not react um and it's it's i you know i can give it power over me or not power over me and sometimes we have to recognize that i'm giving it power over me and and that's okay but really what it boils down to is what am i doing with that power. And the hope is that I wouldn't cause more hurt.
0: Right. Cause more harm. That is, that is the, the big thing with anger is the natural reaction. I think with anger in particular, at least in my experience, the people I've worked with and then myself especially is, if someone gets angry for some reason, unlike almost any other emotion, we latch to that and match it and we don't just match it. We tend to heighten it. Right. So like if you're angry at me, I'm going to come back. And then that just creates this cycle, which I think, you know, I think, um, it's
1: like, I'll show you.
0: Yeah. It's the myth of redemptive violence, right? Like, Mm -hmm. it's like, if you bomb me, I'll just bomb you back harder. And then you'll bomb me back harder. And before you know it, (laughs) there's just no, (laughs) No, it never ends. You have to have something that, that sort of ends that, um, the ends, the trail,
1: the trail, the pattern that breaks the pattern. You know, Uh,
0: this is my favorite nerdy thing to, to go. And I don't know if we ever talked about this, but have you ever heard of Walter wink or like, he's a, Mm -mm. uh, theologian and thinker. And, oh man, when I learned this, this changed, this changed everything I thought about, like (laughs) about, especially about, about Jesus. Uh, not in like a, as soon as I say Jesus, I know people go like, Oh my gosh, I'm I'm just talking. as like a smart theological teacher here. This is insane. He basically outlines like, um, and, and it wasn't just Jesus, like Gandhi patterned his resistance like this. Martin Luther King Jr. patterned his resistance like this, this peaceful protest. And the way they did that was third way thinking mm-hmm. is what Walter Wink basically says. But the, his key example is these sort of like three examples that we have Jesus where it's like a reaction to something that happens. Like so one is turn the other cheek. And we've all heard that. And then one is go the, to go the extra mile. And that's kind of a common saying now. And then the other one really isn't a common saying, but it's like, if someone, you know, sues you for your cloak, give them your tunic as well. Right. So like, these are kind of these reactions that Jesus says, like if something bad or anger happens to you or fierceness happens to you react in this way. And a lot of times we think when someone says, um, and this'll be a nerdy diatribe, but bear with me because it's so stinking worth it, uh, turn the other cheek, right? We think And I thought for years, when someone said, turn the other cheek, that means if someone were to strike you, right, you're just supposed to turn the other cheek and let them strike you again. And what Jesus is actually saying there is absolutely radical. It's when you get struck in the Roman Empire, you would only be hit with the back of the hand because the back of the hand meant that you were lesser, especially if you were a a Jewish person at this time and the Roman came and they struck you, they would strike you with the back of the hand. So what Jesus is saying is, yeah, if you get struck with the back of the hand and they're going to treat you as a lesser-than-human being, turn your cheek to the other side, and this time when they strike you, they have to strike you and acknowledge your humanity. They wow. have to actually bring human stuff into it. And then the go-ahead-extra-mile part is insane because the, the Roman soldier was actually legally allowed to go to anyone and say, you have to carry my pack for a mile. And it was awful. Imagine just going throughout your day, And you're sitting on the corner and all of a sudden a soldier comes up to you, hands this huge backpack and says, all right, you're with me for a while. It was oppressive. It was awful. And it would happen all the time so that you just have to, like, go with this soldier for a mile. That was legally what he was allowed to do. After the mile, the soldier would get in trouble. So basically, when Jesus says go the extra mile, he's saying they'd ask you to go a mile. Go ahead and keep going another mile, and then they're legally in trouble,
1: right? Oh, like, I mean, wow. so
0: so these third ways disrupt the pattern of it's not that I like if you come to me and strike me, I'm gonna hit you back. It's no, no, that's, no, no. no. That's Find wild. a way of rethinking. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, that's so, <laughs> so wild. I, yeah, that's the that's the the third way that I always try and think now in terms of like if if anger enters the scene for me how am I reacting to this? That's actually creative and not more destructive, you know? Cause mm-hmm. I think the biggest thing for us is I love to tear it. Down. I love to match that anger. I love like right. that because it's everything in us goes rawr, but that doesn't solve anything. It just, we just keep getting more and more angry at each other, you know? Right. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, Sorry it's, it's easier
1: interview. to get, it's easy, easier to, to get angry than it is to say that you're hurt. You know, it's really hard to tell somebody that that hurt us, that that was that was really hurtful.
0: But how disruptive would that be? Right. Yeah. Like, if you're anger and then you turn around and you say, hey, you know what? That really hurt me. Whoa. Like it, all of a sudden. What it,
1: what it does is it diffuses the situation in, in a way. And it, it shows an example of how of how things could look. You know, mm, you begin mm. you can actually set the tone. You're reframing everything and say, "Yeah, wow, that that was really hurtful." Because, that's what it is. Is what are we? What are we doing here? Um, We're not really because our expectation that we're changing their behavior is not realistic. And, And so, what is the expectation here? If I'm really working with my anger, the expectation can't be about them changing. It has to be me dealing with the way that I respond and react to things. And so if I'm really working with my anger, I have to direct it inward. And so it's, you know, what what is my goal here? If I'm experiencing anger, do I want to stop the trail? And that's, I think, what my mentor got me. It, it really hit me squarely between the eyes because I, I started to realize if I have to go up to somebody and say, you know what? I know we had a conversation a little bit earlier, and um, it really I it really got to me. Mm. and i I know that I raised my voice, and um, I may have said some things that were hurtful or harmful. Mm. And I just want to let you know that that I'm working on that. That's not kind of who I want to be today. and uh, and it's really hard for me. And so I just want to let you know that i'm I'm working on my part. With no expectation that they that they own their part or anything, I I you know it's funny. I had a client that um that did that last week, and he said, well, he said I can go have a conversation and kind of clean up my side of the street. And I said, yeah, why would you not do that? That's not who you want to be, is it? And he he would go, yeah, it's not who I want to be. He said, but what if they what if they get me upset again? And I go, well at least you'll know that you have a different way that you can respond because you're in the process of cleaning it up he said what if they get me really upset again and I go well then you'll go back and clean it up again and I can tell you from me having to go when I first got sober I had to go back and clean up all kinds of shit all the time, because I was like an angry dude. I was not, I, I was prone to arguments and my way or the highway, and don't tell me this, don't talk to me about that kind of. It was all that kind of stuff, and every time I would bring it to to my mentor, he would say, "Well, you probably have to go do some cleanup." And I got really damn tired of doing the cleanup, <laughs> and so I st- I I had to really take a look at my at my my response, the way, the way I carried my anger. Um, yeah, I was just, my eyes were squinting and I was just waiting for the next person to offend me. What an exhausting way to live too. Oh, it's exhausting. <laughs> and then I just, I had to temper my reactions and I'll, I'll show you. I, you know, I, I had a small, I had small guy complex, you know, I'm a, I'm a t- tiny guy. And I just, I, if I just wanted to make sure that I was heard And again, it comes back to fear, fear of not being heard, fear of not being in control, fear of um, fear of losing control.
0: It's almost like I
1: think that our primary
0: reaction to anger is injustice, right? Like, (laughs) even if we're, you know, we live in Los Angeles, if I'm sitting on the 405 and there's bumper to bumper traffic and someone's acting like an idiot, it triggers the same response in me of injustice as if someone just like broke into my home like for some reason my brain and my body still react at that level and that's why I get so frustrated like it's like I have there's something in me that goes this isn't right, <laughs> right? A, so I bring yeah
1: it, it's 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 what they call justified anger you know when we and we and when we characterize it as anger that's justified that that means we hold on to it and Who's hurting from having justified anger? We are. Not the not the people we're angry at. We're the ones that are hurting by holding on to justified anger. Because we almost we almost hold like this in, internal brace. We're just we're just bracing for the next moment when we feel offended. Well, and the worst part about that is you
0: begin to carry that stuff around and then the next time you do get offended, all of a sudden you're reacting with a totally different level, you've, you've just loaded the the gun, you've packed it in there and then someone, you know, cuts (laughs) you off and all of a sudden it's a nuclear meltdown. And I can't tell you how many people I've been around where that's, you know, I I call it.
1: Wow. That was like really way over the top for given the situation. (laughs) And, and, and again, it's like, we're, this is, to me, anger is one of the things that we're, we've got to give ourselves permission to do it imperfectly you know we're not going to always react we're not i mean i think it's unrealistic for us to just like calmly go oh this is fear you know <laughs> or or oh my god what an unwell human being you are you know <laughs> it's just unrealistic to think to think that way and so you know un- until we develop some of the tools and the habits of um, how do i how do i deal with anger and i think a lot of a lot of the times it, what they talk about in 12 step recovery is taking that pause and kind of pausing for a moment and going wow how do i want to respond here how do how do i really I think, want to respond oh, yeah, this here
0: that's great i have a um i think mr rogers is probably one of the most profound theological and spiritual thinkers <laughs> of the last you know Um, however many decades, but he has this, I have it like on my computer and I look at it a lot. He has this song that he teaches to children that I actually learned as a child. Um, and it's called, what do you do with the mad that you feel? Uh, Um, it's great. Yeah. He says, "Um, it's great to be able to stop when you've planned a thing that's wrong, to be able to do something else instead and think this song, I can stop when I want to can stop when i wish i can stop stop anytime and what a good feeling to feel like this and know that the feeling is really mine know that there's something deep inside that helps us become what we can for a girl can someday be a woman and a boy can someday be a man isn't that crazy wow (laughs) that's mr rogers that's mr rogers (laughs) profoundness in the great one of the
1: great wisdom thinkers Uh, yeah just that I can stop. Wow. I love, I, I, you know, I, I love that. And to me, it, I mean, it comes back to the values too. You know, it comes back, it comes back to who am I and who do I want to be in this moment? How, do, uh, and, and how do I, what is my response here? Cause again, the values again are unconditional. We don't pick and choose. And in those moments of heightened agitation, What a great opportunity to practice them. Our
0: anger is, you know, I think the things we get most angry about are probably the things that hit up against our values, right? Like the stuff that flies Mm -hmm. in the face of, hey, my value is really to be, you know, a compassionate person. This person is showing a complete lack of compassion. That inside me is going to work me in in a different level than someone else who maybe doesn't have that value, you know?
1: and you know again you know the dalai lama talks about it a lot he said you know my religion is i think it's kindness and compassion or something and and so he talks about people that he he has a difficult time developing compassion for um and oh he talks about it openly he and people people go well If your religion is kindness and compassion, how are you, how do you develop compassion for somebody like this? You know, and you, you know, you point out some evil, you know, human being that, you know, has developed a lifetime of, who goes down in history as as being somebody of of great evil and great uh, destruction. And he, he, he talks about it. He said, well, sometimes it's really hard for me to do. And I have to imagine them as a three-year-old child. And if I imagine them as a three-year-old child, I can begin to understand that maybe it wasn't their intent as a three-year-old child to grow up and be somebody that humanity hated and, and, and found resentment towards. Maybe that was not their, their goal. And so I have to see them in their innocence. So to speak, um, and 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 realize that uh, their my being angry at them or resentful towards them is is a real is a product of their life, you know, in some way uh, or some fashion, and they grew up learning things that um, are inappropriate or cruel, or they have a, a way of thinking that developed over time mental health issue whatever it doesn't make a difference but again it comes back to that anger we develop resentment towards people and we have to look at what our part in that resentment is
0: yeah i think that's that's an amazing way to view the world because yeah i just think to view to just remember hey at one point this person was just an innocent You know, child, like that. I love that idea. Like, this person was three once. Like, what are you going to (laughs) do? We all were. And, Mm and, and I, yeah, I, I think that brings a whole, like, when we're viewing the world with that level and that sensibility, it becomes so much more difficult to, uh, label someone as the other, you know? And I think that's where a lot of our anger comes from is Mm -hmm. because we give people otherness, because we can't, you know, if we separate and cut right. off their sort of humanity and just they're the other right like that's that's mm-hmm. then then it's so much easier to po- point our anger towards them right like i can get real yeah. angry at exactly. an idea. I mean, you know that's <laughs> super easy as soon as it becomes flesh like blood and flesh in front of me eh, it's a little more tricky right like
1: yeah um yeah i mean it's, it's what martin luther king jr uh this this sense of interconnectedness that we are all one common thread you know and and he was seeking freedom not only for um you know racist ideology but he was seeking freedom for the people that were proponents of racist ideology
0: i became a like legitimate you know, full blown pastor, started my own church and and was leading a congregation. I'd done ministry and stuff before that, um, in sort of associate roles and stuff, but I actually took over and, and started this, or yeah, restarted this church in 2016, right before, uh, that, that major election happened. Right. Um, and it was a, a really weird time in the Christian world because, you know, kind of the Republican party was very evangelical christian and so you had sort of like those people hanging around and then you also had like i you know the progressive church that i was leading was like some fiercely liberal people on the other side and we had all those people in the same room mm-hmm. and it was so crazy difficult you know like it was just it was awful because nobody at first nobody knew where other people stood and, and the 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 most fascinating part that i remember is everyone just assumed that they were on their side So everyone thought that because I'm in church, everyone should think this way, right? The liberals thought because I'm in church, everyone should be wildly open and giving stuff away and inclusive and, and all of that. And then the Republicans thought, you know, everybody should be on this side of things and, and on the right side of things, because that's what the Bible teaches. And everyone was completely genuine in their idea that like, this is exactly like, what God wants or what everyone should believe because we're in this place. And I just remember holding that tension for years. It was probably,
1: wow, that must've been really difficult leading a community like that. Right?
0: Yeah. it, It felt like this dance of constantly having to be, um, you know, I, I, I was in a position where I knew all of these people. So I know, I know their real heart, right. I know what's going on in their family. I know how much they love their kids. I know how much they love, like, you know, um, justice and compassion and all these amazing things. I also know that some of their ideas were completely outlandishly out of whack. And like, and I had to kind of go like, all right, you can, you're human beings are so complex. Like you can be, you can be so many facets of different things in your little human body. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a, uh, an incredibly tension field filled dance to try and get people to um, compromise or meet in the middle or see each other and and really i found the only way you can't manufacture that at all the only thing you can do is put people in a room together and have them be in proximity together i think one of the most powerful tools we have in society is being in proximity like it, it doesn't matter you know like if you're stuck in an elevator with someone who believes the exact opposite, completely you're still different. Stuck in that yeah. with each other, you guys share that in common. Like, I mean, and and that's you know, I I have lived near the beach for almost ten years, um, and whenever I go to the beach, I see people from all walks of life staring at the same sunset, and I always think to myself, like, how many different stories are now staring at the same story and interested in the same thing. You know, we're all drawn to beauty. We're all drawn to that bigger thing.
1: And I think sometimes, you know, um, sometimes you see that in like natural disasters and earthquakes and, you know, things that ha- affect, you know, a whole community. You see people stepping up to the plate for each other, you know, and it's usually without regard to their belief system, you know, it's, you know, left to their um left to the circumstances, um people we start to see heroic acts um and people really stepping up and acts of kindness. And it, you know, that's one of the things that kind of transcends um our belief systems and politics and you're separate, you're different. Um you know and I think that's As difficult as it is to to experience some of the natural disasters that we've had over the years, sometimes those natural disasters allow us to see our our humanity, our, our humanness.